Oh, good day, and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. Um, and welcome back to me. Uh, it's me, NZB. You remember? I don't blame you if you don't. It's been a very long time. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, let's get on with this thing. Uh, too many guns. There's too many guns out there. What are we going to do? Uh, we've got plant-based meat, uh, but I've got fears that there's one area of protein that hasn't been replaced yet that they really need to turn their attention to. Uh, what's happening with the Hong Kong hamsters and uh, meat loaf? The person, not the food. But before any of that, welcome to Red. So, was going back to Red a surprise? No, not really. I thought that we might have got a week out of the orange setting, 10 days maybe. Question is, what was... Was was that what the Prime Minister was thinking herself when she reprieved Northland for those three days? Remember, at the time, there were already signs that we had Omicron in the wild. What wasn't clear last Thursday was what would actually constitute, quote, an outbreak. One case, like it was with Delta, 10, 50. We weren't told, and we still don't really know, so what an extraordinary bit of luck it was that the numbers didn't get too out of hand before the PM was able to get up to Northland during that brief orange window to make a television show which will go out on Waitangi Day. This is a private gig, by the way, and kept very hush-hush by the Waitangi crowd, only open to a very small element of the media and without the courtesies usually extended to the opposition on occasions like this. Luckily... A lot of luck around. Luckily, the Navy was available too on very short notice for ceremonial duties. This was done on Friday and Saturday when Northland was orange. Just time enough. So another extraordinary piece of great timing. And I'm sure we will all enjoy the result come Waitangi weekend. Or was it actually something else? Given what we now know about the Omicron cases popping up at the end of last week and all the warnings about how rapidly and how widely this variant is expected to spread. Was Orange for Northland a reckless risk for personal political gain? Ah, yes, so the interminable waiting at the red light begins. Uh, There's nothing worse, is there? Um, Now... uh, why are we seeing all these extra guns? What's going on there? After all the angst, and there was plenty, and expense, plenty of that too, taking guns out of circulation, supposedly to make our streets safer, police now say they're facing guns more often and not less. And more often now, uh, officers are wearing body armour all the time. It's becoming routine, according to the Police Association. They've had to go to more than 15,000 jobs involving guns in just five years. It's 3,000 a year. They say it's about a changing dynamic within organised crime, which sounds like code for gang wars, and the 501s with links to the Comancheros are being blamed as the big bad guys. The gangs are tooled up. Obviously, you know, most of us have nothing to do with them, so there's no reason to think that we're going to get shot at directly, but there is a growing concern that people are going to get caught in the crossfire because things are getting so brazen. Two gun amnesties, two rounds of buybacks. How is it that there are apparently more weapons out there, more willingness on the part of criminals to use them? seems to me all that was achieved was to force a lot of law-abiding people to give up weapons they'd acquired legally without touching the guns held illegally and always held illegal by non-law-abiding people. We went after the easy target 
the recreational user who gets a license and keeps the gun secure, and ignored what the industry and the police and so many others have been saying for so long, that we need a firearms register. It has been nearly 25 years since that was first recommended out of a firearms report. So there is no party around that can claim any great success on dealing with firearms. Sometimes, you know, you really have to wonder why we just cannot get our priorities right. Yeah, I think we've got um, some of those Comancheros uh, in my neighbourhood around about. You've got to be a bit careful about who you um, get angry at when you're waiting at red lights, speaking of red lights as we were earlier. Just in case they're affiliated with uh, certain members of certain organisations and maybe armed and dangerous, who knows? Uh, let's change the subject completely and talk about plant-based meat. Uh, I feel like even though I haven't been here forever, some stories are just always the same. All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz on the now. Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. It appears 2022 could see a big push for the lab-grown meat sector. Uh, this is where animal cells are grown in laboratories. This isn't the veggie stuff. Uh, they turn them then into chicken tenders or steaks. Back in 2020, Singapore was the first to give approval for a company called Eat Just's lab-grown chicken. And this year, Eat Just is hoping to get approval for the US market, which says it will be a massive coup. It reckons that once it gets the nod in the United States, all the rest of the world will follow suit very quickly. Uh, it's still very expensive to make this stuff, but as it becomes more popular, Eat Just says manufacturing will become cheaper. Investors have put in almost $3 billion into the sector in the hopes that it will take off since it started in 2020. So watch that space if you're looking for the next super bubble and the next tasty lab-grown burger. Quite fancy one of those right now, actually. So, yeah, interestingly, I was listening to the Our Year Dude podcast over the weekend. It's one of my favourite podcasts. If you're looking for another alternate podcast uh, recommendation. Uh, and they pointed out that we still haven't got the plant-based seafood yet, have we? Not, not, not successful. There's no beyond scallops or beyond mussels, beyond prawns. Um... You get a little bit queasy just thinking about it, don't you? So I'll leave that there, and and we'll talk about uh, killing off hamsters instead. A little bit away from our own uh, worries in Hong Kong, uh, the fear that Omicron is going to spread like wildfire has led to a threat that hamsters will have to be culled. And you'd say to yourself, well, what on earth this is all about? Well, apparently, hamsters, uh, pet hamsters, are actually quite susceptible to catching Omicron. And then, of course, because uh, people get quite intimate with their pet hamsters, you know, they cuddle hang them on, and hang they on. have what? them touching what? their faces. and Well, oh, you know... Their faces, okay. Yeah. Carry on. Um, so a hamster cull has been ordered in... Oh, would you want to do that job? I wouldn't want to do that job, you know, breaking down the door of somebody's house and going, hand over your hamsters. I'm gonna, I'm gonna annihilate and them. And your wheels, <laughs> oh, all of your hamsters. <laughs> any hamster Cages, implements that you got, the whole works. Yeah, Head it all over. That's that hamster is contraband, but also you know you've got hamster implements around the house here, uh, things that might be used by hamsters. That would also be 
uh, an offence. But, uh, yeah, they're after the hamsters. They've also pointed out in Hong Kong that it's not just that. They're going after about 2,000 hamsters and other small mammals. Uh, they're also going after dogs, apparently, now, uh, because uh, there are those animals, uh, dogs, cats, ferrets, and other rodents, often kept as pets, that apparently are helping to pass the infection on. Very People, difficult to fit yeah. an N95 onto your dog. Yeah, or your hamster. Oh, very uh, difficult for the hamster. <laughs> well, you could put two of them together and enclose your hamster in a nice little N95 cell. Uh, I think people will start secreting their hamsters around their uh, persons in order to protect them from this awful hamster cull that has been ordered by the authorities in Hong Kong. Brutal. Isn't it? Mind you, I suppose if you put a hamster in a mask, it will be pretty well protected from practically everything, wouldn't it? You just wrap it up, tied tied in a knot over the top. It'd just be a sort of a wriggling mask. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, remembering meatloaf, although I would have preferred not to. Question: uh, Do you think Bad Out of Hell is playing in the? Co- do they have corridors in heaven, or do they? Is it just like a big open space with soft clouds? Meatloaf died over the weekend. And was into his 70s, which I think surprised an awful lot of people. He got as uh, far as 74, given that he was very much a sort of hard-living kind of guy. He said that he made almost nothing out of Bad Out of Hell, the album, even though it sold something like 44 million copies, uh, even before it was reissued. So it's really done exceptionally well for somebody but not for Meatloaf himself, who had a personal fortune of uh, pitiful 59 million. Is it Steinman? Is that, the, that. is that the, the songwriter who wrote that, all his yeah. stupid songs? And I used to confuse the two, to be absolutely honest with you. I, I thought that Steinman was Meatloaf's name, when, of course, Meatloaf's name was Meatloaf's name. But you're right. Yeah, it was Steinman. You, you literally took the words right out of my mouth there, Glenn. Boom. Boom. So anyway, um, poor old Meatloaf is, well, not that poor, 59 million, he did okay at the end of the day, um, is no longer with us and has gone to that great concert hall in the sky. R.I.P. Yeah, I can't make up my mind whether I was never a Meatloaf fan or I just wasn't a Steinman fan, because when Celine Dion came along, yeah, I thought, man, this woman's got a really amazing voice. She's a really good singer, but her songs are dreadful. Why are they so dreadful? And guess what? Guess they've what? been, writ- they've been written for Meatloaf, and he said, oh, "I don't want that one. I don't want to be singing about. I don't want to be singing about sinking boats." And he, what was that? Um, I know him. So no, that was somebody else, wasn't it? That was the woman who was in Evita, who sung that one. Did Steinman write it? Don't know. Here we go. Yeah, I um, I certainly wouldn't want to speak ill of the dead. Although I realise now that um, Steinman is also dead, and I was really bad mouthing him. So let me just forget I said anything. Um, uh, the interesting thing that I found out about all of this is that uh, uh, Meatloaf um, is, was uh, he actually had meat and loaf were his two names. It wasn't just Meatloaf or one word. Did you realise that? I only just realised that this morning. And hopefully now I'll never ever have to think about him ever again. I'm Glenn ZB.
Uh, please think of me uh, this time again tomorrow when I'll be back here with another rewrap. See you then. 